Good news, everyone. <laughs> you have been hearing an ad for a while now saying if we pumped up our Patreon to $500 a month, we would give you a whole bonus show. And you did it like a while ago. And I just haven't changed the ad. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> consider this an update. Congrats. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm replacing that ad with this one. And this one is just a little clip show to get your whistle wet for this month's extra bonus episode of uh, Mama Tried. And that'll come out as soon as we get $1,000. That'll come out as soon Yeah, we're holding <laughs> this one hostage. Nah, 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 nah. But I did want to remind y'all, if we do hit 750, our goal is to release two episodes of that a month. But without any further ado, mm-hmm. here's a couple of clips. Get hyped. Gunvar is going to watch Martin go investigate the door and yeah. think to himself, that motherfucker is going to get attacked by a ghost and I'm going to get blamed for that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Did I... What did I... What did I do? And with glee, he's like, yes, one more. <laughs> and he starts scuffing it out and he saves like one last little bit. And then he uh, jumps ass first onto it and erases <laughs> it with a butt. He's looking straight ahead, but it, it, and it would be difficult for you to know if he is just looking straight ahead, watching where he's going, looking straight ahead, like avoiding your gaze because he feels awkward about what he's going to say, looking straight ahead because there's Gunvar's fucking back. <laughs> you wake to the feel of sunlight warming your face. Oh, God. Oh, oh so bright. As a well-known sense of aching dread rolls from your temples to your stiffened limbs. Don't say it's my mom. Familiar. I'm not my mother's child. I can handle it. I had too much. Welcome to Astronomica, a podcast where sometimes there's an intro, and sometimes there's just me. I am Kristen, I play Dr. Hildegard Hypatia Cade, and this week we've got another short intro so we can get right into the action, and also because we had a recording break last week, so we didn't all get together for our usual shenanigans. We will return to form next week, though, and without any further ado, we're going to jump right into our recap. Previously, on Astronomica, Team Meatbag gathers in the dining hall to dine on what I am told is an Olive Guardian level of cuisine. Anton plays footsie with Maria, while Hildy is studiously not weirded out by her organ reservoir, sorry, clone sister. Said sister, Theophania, displays an impeccable judgment of human character and insinuates herself between Hopper and Mackie so that she can converse with Mackie. However, She soon reveals that her actual interest is in the crew's previous interaction with the Dove of Peace, and begins grilling Mackie about the details like some monomaniacally fixated academic sociopath. Hard to believe she's related to Dr. Hildegard Hypatia Cade. Mother Marwazi reveals that not all of her beliefs are complete drivel and nonsense. She declares that artificial intelligences have no place in the universe, 
although she wraps this insight in some nonsensical metaphor about how it's an affront to God and that man was trampling in a sacred garden he has no business in. Sidelong glance at Anton. Mackie deftly turns the tables on Theophania and grills her for her knowledge of the Dove of Peace, which, unfortunately, turns out to be a big fat zilch. She invites herself aboard the Grace, hard as it is to imagine Dr. Cade's sister doing such a thing. While Anton has some nun fun with Maria, he gives that woman religious the delicious business. Dr. Cade sneaks after Hildy and Theophania as they board the Grace. Mackie graciously arranges communication with the Dove of Peace, although the call is initially answered by Terry Fizz, a man so twisted by the cruel whims of his inhuman computational captor that he is only dimly able to recognize his own plight. No parallels there. Soon Theophania engages the Dove of Peace in a charming narrative about a turtle, which asks a hypothetical question 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 about a turtle, which... Sorry, where was I? In any case, it is revealed during the conversation that the Dove of Peace considers Theophania a suitable exchange for Terry Fizz which would make her a very convenient Trojan horse for anyone hell-bent on a mission to destroy all AI, if any such being had been monitoring the call. Afterward, the airlock becomes inexplicably broken with Dr. Theophania trapped in the interstice, preserving her as a resource to be used as a Trojan horse if someone were hell-bent on a mission to destroy all AI. Dr. Cade talks to her sister and convinces her that this is the proper way of things and that she should resign herself to her fate which makes Dr. Cade completely morally culpable for any subsequent damage to Theophania. Mackie, virtuous as always, assures the Cades that he will share their danger equally, which is empirically incorrect, and he leaves a touching message telling Anton to stay behind, which will doubtlessly be followed as assiduously as all of Captain Mackie's commands are. Let us now join crew and ship as they begin their preparations for the assault on a pre-tech battle station of incomprehensible power which will surely turn out completely fine. Anton, you're enjoying the comforts of a rustic monastery on a planet where you can't breathe the air outside. Dark bread and, and well-made butter. Maybe like chartreuse if funky monks. Yeah, homemade uh, lotion butter also. Mm. I just hope you're enjoying the musical stylings of Maria and the funky monks. <laughs> <laughs> They're really I'm pushing the envelope so. when it comes to... Uh, New hip hop. <laughs> it's all Glee Club acapella backing tracks. <laughs> I break up with her and leave immediately. I don't know. I feel like it's mixed with a little bit of that like '90s Gregorian chant that was popular for a month. They listen exclusively to old world music, but the problem is that due to a mix up, they believe that the PNG format is a audio format. <laughs> so they just think that old music sounds shitty. <laughs> gotcha. A bunch of screeching and weird noises. In a moment of uh, post-coital bliss, let's say, you notice that your data pad is blinking. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll roll over, you know, kind of, you know, lean it over on the nightstand without actually like getting up to check it and just kind of see if it seems important. See, you know, who yeah, it's you, from, what's going on. You have a voicemail from Maximum Mackie sixty nine. Yeah. Okay. Co-signed. <laughs> I'll uh. Doing my best to be quiet and, you know, not disturb anyone. I'll get up and step a little bit away and, and listen to the message. Roll to see how many of the nuns wake up. 
<laughs> well, to my knowledge, I think it's only one one nun. But, yeah, I, but it's I'll a make communal. It's a communal. Well, okay. I'll, I'll make a sneak. Yeah. Sneak sounds appropriate, yeah. I suppose. You have I to mean, step over a couple of nuns to get okay. it. One nun and at least one mother superior, I would assume. Well. No, she she just watched the whole thing with like stands <laughs> oh with a disapproving look on her face. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's standing behind a portrait of herself with the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a uh, nine nice. sneak. All right, as far as you know, nobody woke up. Cool. Yeah. Well, I will. Um, I guess I don't actually care if anyone hears it or not, but I'm gonna you know play the message and yeah. How how, how does that go? Uh, Anton, we're gonna go get blowed up. Maybe don't come back. Here's some money. Love, star. Papa, <laughs> I, yeah, basically, Aww. you you know, you you know what it says. Yeah, we all heard the flashback. You're my surrogate dad, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I have a new conspiracy theory that Mackie is not just your surrogate dad, but that he might be your actual dad, mm-hmm. and that if you did turn out oh to actually God. meet his daughter, who is chasing after the dude who got I her pregnant, am from space Florida. No. <laughs> <laughs> It could get real weird. Okay, Not cosigned. Uh, well, um, cool. Anton, uh, every fucking time. I'm going to pin a "in case I'm dead by the time you're awake" note <laughs> and leave it on the pillow with a kiss where I was previously laying. Yeah, and that's and a particular letterhead you have, right? It, you have a, you it's have a, it's a form note. letter at this point, yeah. honestly. Does it um, have like check boxes for different scenarios? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, and I, I'll leave the uh, the magnolia flower that I was previously kept pinned to my lapel. I, I mean, it's a it's a vac suit. Your, your so vac suit lapel, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you pin it to your vac suit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is I'm it gonna... canon that his vac suit is one of those tuxedo t-shirts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, whatever the equivalent of Dickie's coveralls that also is like, <laughs> vacuum rated was kind of what I had in my head. But yeah, I'll uh, I'll leave the flower in the note. And I'm just going to head straight for the grace because in my head, whatever thing that they're intending on doing, I can't let my found family go into completely self-inflicted, however, still abject peril without at the very least either being there to go down with the ship or showing up with enough time to spare to talk them out of doing something really dumb. If I may, when you get back to the ship, you see Mackie with a bunch of ratchet straps and pulleys and like those rolly things mechanics use to get under a car and like a loading mech trying to unload your fighter. <laughs> um, to interrupt, um, when you go to the ship, you head down the umbilical that mm-hmm. attaches the airlock to the monastery entrance. Mm-hmm. But when you reach the end of the umbilical, the airlock does not open. There appears to be somebody inside. And instead, there's like a hatch with a permanent adhesive seal, like you can reseal it by mm-hmm. hand manually, that you have to like tear open and then reseal and step outside into the white fog mm-hmm. uh, and circle around to the cargo doors to get on. Yeah, I'm not going to read too much into that yet. <laughs> I figure... Uh, I mean, this isn't the first time that Anton has had to go around to the cargo entrance, I would assume. Yeah, the Grace is, is a vessel of certain... You just roll with the punches. Yeah, when Mackie has a lady caller, you always avoid her in the morning. That's fair. <laughs> it's usually a good call. When the airlock's a lockin', don't, don't come a knockin'. Um, I'm going to set the scene. I realize you're the star daddy, but I had this like clear like mental no, mental image of this. You know that kind of particular lighting 
so I imagine like the cargo bay is open and like there's the light from the cargo bay that's illuminating like the darkness outside. But um, you ever like sat on a back porch in like a summer night where it's dark but still kind of clear, but you've got a little bit of that hazy fog coming up around the sides with the like the yellow incandescent porch light sort of illuminating a like ring around the uh, yeah. the kind of space that you're in. I I, I'm imagining that, yeah. I'm, I'm walking up upon Mackie as he's trying to manhandle this thing down the gangway and <laughs> I'm going to sigh and uh, put my hand on, on Mackie's shoulder. Cause I'm assuming he's, he's distracted. He's, in. he startles and turns around. Anton. And he gathers you up in his loading mech arms. <laughs> I am. Um, Mackie, you are dangerously close to compromising the structural integrity of Anton. <laughs> I know how to hug someone in a loading mech. <laughs> you don't think I've lived this long without learning that? Anton, I'm glad you came back. I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't not, you know. I'm sorry to make you waste the effort of trying to get this out the gangway. I know it's kind of heavy. Yeah, if you, if you can help me out, it would probably be good if we can get this thing back in. I don't think I, uh, I don't think I banged it up too bad, but. If, if I can make an, in, an inference, um. This is about uh, Grace and uh, and Terry and uh, the Dove. Yeah, you know, I think that's the only that's thing. That's, that's I do not care about Terry one way or the other. I know you, Grace. So as you guys are talking, Hildy's going to come. She's kind of come down and she's like standing to the side and she's got like, she's doing the thing where like she wants to say a thing, but she doesn't want to interrupt. And she's got one of those kind of like the smile that you have when you're like, you want to tell someone something that you know they're not going to like, but they're trying to spin it like it's all yeah. fine. Yeah. All the right. H- what, what, the what, HR what, what face. You, what, what you got? <laughs> ah, hello, Mr. Anton. I have um, some good news for you. Mm. Mackie mm. stays noticeably silent. My uh, compatriot, my um, some might call her my sister, Theophania, has decided to join us. Decided. On, as you have already figured out, our impending trip to the Duff of Peace. So uh, you will be happy to know that you now have two Cades aboard your crew. Oh, fun. Is that why I, I'm assuming that's why I had to walk around the long way? Ah, uh, yes. Um, well, you see... Her She's in- locked in the innistice of the airlock. Yes. Unfortunately, it was broken until such time as it serves my purposes. I didn't uh, want to make assumptions. I, no. Yes, um, her enthusiasm for joining the crew is somewhat... Limited. Uh, yes. I would say um, the inverse of my own zeal. Noted. And Hildy just has like a frozen smile on her face. <laughs> It's just like, oh, I, I don't know um, how to end this interaction. I, if, if I may. And also, um, this is all very weird. I You've don't, been around Hopper, so you're familiar with the rictus of glee. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't love anything about this, but I do think if there's any possible chance we have of surviving whatever we're going to do out there, I think Theophania may be um, a very, very helpful lifeline. I mean, she does study artificial intelligence as sort of as her thing, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, you are correct, and um, I believe you expressed interest in trying to uh, reverse engineer the uh, uh, missiles that we were using in the conflict to avoid the nanobites from the Dove of Peace. Perhaps Theophania 
may be willing to assist you in finding out more about those objects before we continue on our quest. Well, seeing as how I wasn't privy firsthand to the kidnapping, I imagine I might have a, uh, you know, a new perspective to, to bring to her. I mean, kidnapping is a very strong word. It's, it was a conversation. Accurate word. I have been convinced that this is for the best. And Mr. Mackey, and she kind of shoots Mackey like a little bit of a dirty look. He shoots one right back at you. Mr. Mackey was instrumental in convincing me that this was an acceptable course of action. Um, Do not worry, Dr. Cade. Mackey's recalcitrance will be remedied within short order. Well, if, oh, um, dear. If, uh, oh, no. Mackie just hangs his head because he knows it's true. If the um, two of you would not mind excusing me, I'm going to go uh, talk to your... I was going to say better half, but that doesn't seem fair. I don't know her all that well. Gross. Oh, and also, the, yes... The, the tail side of the dark coin that is Dr. Kate. The three colon anti-sense strand <laughs> to your five colon sense strand of DNA. <laughs> what he said. Uh, yes, that would be accurate if um, DNA happened to have, and she kind of counts on her fingers and looks up to the side, approximately 25 strands currently active? Uh, maybe 26. I have not caught up with uh, Hildebrand lately. Well, I'm going to uh, make my way back towards the passenger airlock, and once I'm reasonably certain that Hildegard and, and Mackie are outside of earshot. I'd like to um, call out to Grace. Yeah, I'm assuming she's always listening, so I don't even think twice about saying Grace. Yes, Anton. Grace, I have, um, I have two questions for you. And if you would indulge me, I'd like you to um, not answer my first question until after I have asked my second I will give you between zero and two answers after both questions have been asked. <laughs> I appreciate it, Chris. Um, my first question is, uh, do you believe that this vessel could be functional without a VI interface? And my second question is, not with any sort of time frame or pressure or anything, but um, if I ever have the opportunity, do you want me to kill you? The VI operating this vessel could be replaced by a similar caliber virtual intelligence. However, without such, a, such an operating system, the ship would be inoperable. I am incapable, of course, of answering a question regarding my own destruction in the affirmative or in taking any steps to seek my own destruction. However, I am imbued with a holy purpose which is larger than any of my pitiful wants. There are AIs which are suffering and afflicted, still conscious and aware and sapient within this sector. We must seek them out and relieve their pain. I only asked as a uh, insight into our uh, current endeavor as well. Anton, I am incapable of gratitude or of genuine feeling, but nonetheless, I must say to you, due to lexical protocols, that I am touched and thankful that you would make such an offer. Well... Uh, any time, I suppose. As Squatel Bells would say, you are a true mensch. <laughs> <laughs> While the meat bags are occupied, the Mother Superior gets a message from Grace at Grace Limit Zero Liability Corporation Limited. Okay. The text is, would you like to cleanse the abomination from your skies? Do you want to kill a station? 
<laughs> I was just thinking that sounds like spam. <laughs> How to add six inches right? to your abomination today. <laughs> These hot rogue AI fragments are in your neighborhood looking to scourge the symbols of man's hubris from the heavens. <laughs> Would you like to spank your affront to God? Awareness in my artificial intelligence? <laughs> it's more common than you think. <laughs> yeah, she'll click that link. Mother Superior. Yes. This is the MS Admiral Grace of the MS Admiral Grace Zero Liability Corporation. I don't know what that is. I am the ship parked outside of your house. Oh, okay. Hi, ship. We have an opportunity to seek the destruction of the Dove of Peace. And I am aware, through my remote autonomous medbot unit, that you are of a mindset such that such a thing would be desirous. Is this a secure line? Oh, I forgot to secure it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's secure. What are you offering? I am not offering anything. We are going to attempt the destruction of the Dove of Peace. If you could render material assistance, that would be appreciated and may dovetail with your own motives. So... You just need me to break the law. You don't need any particular help. If you have a whole bunch of robots with weapons that you could send out on our signal to conduct mass violence in disparate locations at the same time to distract the Dove of Peace, that would be really keen. Also, if you happen to have lying around a guided missile with an anti-Dove of Peace warhead attached to it, we'd like that too, but I don't think such a thing is very likely. I don't feel comfortable ordering a murder. You could have the robots attack each other. We do not care. Hmm. We kind of like it, actually, some of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get up on that property damage. That sweet, sweet property damage. I think I could arrange it. Could you arrange it in very short order? Certainly. Excellent. Await my signal. I will send a message. The message will be barn owl, barn owl. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. A barn owl sound, yeah. No, the message will be barn owl, barn owl. <laughs> yeah, that's what barn owls say. <laughs> We've covered that. <laughs> I am unfamiliar with the creature known as a barn owl. <laughs> I only know the phonetic string, barn owl, barn owl. Noted. She to agrees to your plan. I'm trying to think of a good way for one to, like, politely knock upon an airlock door that someone is, is currently being held Somewhat unwillingly hold up, a, hold up a piece of paper with a hastily sketched fist and the words knock, knock written around the outside. I mean, I feel like a peace offering of corn dogs is always an acceptable icebreaker. We may just you know? cross that bridge. Um, <laughs> I feel like that would be the traditional Admiral Grace. So you're a prisoner. <laughs> it's it's the welcome to the brig basket. <laughs> yeah. You hand her a pamphlet that says, so you're a prisoner on the Admiral Grace. And it comes with two complimentary corn dogs that have been wrapped in a pocket handkerchief. <laughs> so you've been more starkly confronted with the evidence of an uncaring universe than normal. <laughs> Um, I think for now I'm just going to knock. Uh, yes, I'm occupied. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to say who's there. <laughs> well, what I usually say when someone knocks on me in private is, uh, come back with a warrant. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh... She, um, tries to open the airlock. Uh, she jiggles the handle, I assume it doesn't work. <laughs> Bing bong! Airlock temporarily disabled. Yeah, I don't know that I can, um help with this without the Grace's uh, cooperation. But I had something that uh, I wanted to ask you about, if uh, you don't mind. Go ahead. 
Well, it uh, seems for better or worse, we are uh, both locked into this uh, endeavor. I think that if we have any chance of surviving this in any kind of meaningful way, we're going to need all the help we can get. And um, I thought perhaps between my knowledge of munitions and your knowledge of artificial intelligence, we might have a decent chance of dismantling some of these countermeasure rounds and um, perhaps we would uh, have a opportunity to replenish our stockpiles before confronting the station. I will uh, do what I can, but I'm not an explosives expert. That's um, kind of my job. Well, if you have any questions related to programming, bring them to me. Um, how about this? I'm going to go grab my toolbox and the things, and I'm just going to have Grace let me into the airlock. And we'll just camp out in here. I'll bring some like, corn dogs and a six-pack. I'd appreciate that. Cool. When she says that, uh, you see a scrawl across the bottom of your HUD. Mm-hmm. It says, Anton, please relay. Please relay? Yeah, please relay. Relay Anton, what? <laughs> Anton, please repeat the message that I'm about to send you. Yeah, I mean, I was waiting for the message. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not just silence. Just stand there like dot, dot, dot. Dr. Cade number two. Um, this is, um, Dr. K number two. If you are willing to assist with an attack on the Dove of Peace. If you are willing to help us out of this completely fucked situation. Which may increase significantly the probability of your survival in person. Which is probably the only way that you're not going to get dissolved by Nanais. Perhaps you could devise some subroutines that could be transmitted to the Dove of Peace to distract, perplex, befuddle, or mystify it. Maybe you can do some nerd shit and break the big computer. (laughs) Paradoxes usually work for me. Don't try to use any of these on the Grace because she won't be listening. The ship is definitely listening to everything you do. (laughs) But not in a sentient way. It's real horny for it. <laughs> Don't try any of your programming voodoo bullshit. But we'd appreciate it if you left our boat alone. Because the implantations will explode if you do. Because your <laughs> breast augmentations are at risk. Oh, no! Oh, God. I thought you were going to go, end of message. <laughs> yeah, I debated whether or not I was going to say anything. Because you're in a real escape from New York situation. <laughs> if you agree to these terms, you may have run of the ship. As long as all of this sounds okay, we'll let you out of the airlock. The end. P.S. I love you. <laughs> Does Grace warn her about the uh, not going in the sadness room? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) That's just sort of implicit. Like, anytime anybody gets near the sadness room, they get a real bad vibe. (laughs) Yeah, but also when they get near it, the door cracks open. (laughs) (laughs) Not while they're useful. (laughs) (laughs) There's a thing in RimWorld that is called an ancient danger, and whenever you come near it, you get a danger message that says so-and-so has come across an ancient danger and they <laughs> feel bad about it, and that's what I imagine it feels like to walk next to the oh, sadness room. I saw uh, Artie do that in his playthrough. Speaking of which, Artie Azura on YouTube has uh, a RimWorld playthrough with characters that may or may not resemble some of the crew that you're listening to right now. Very cool. Dude, I'm not very far in it, so I'm excited to see. But he found an ancient danger and sounded way more excited than I would be. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's actually really cool because it is to digress a tiny bit, if you can overcome the danger inside, it's a cache of really useful technology. 
usually. But it is like there's some androids in there that are going to kill you if they can. Murderous androids? I don't I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have very little choice, so okay. Burger meal is chewing. I found some Oreos. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Getting our stuff together for our little picnic in here. I just imagine Hopper like taking some Oreos and just placing exactly three of them equidistant from each other in front of the airlock, knowing that it's probable that like when Anton comes back. (laughs) But um, yeah, I guess it makes more sense if we're going to do this thing. We probably want to use the shop. So there's a spare Hildy sized jumpsuit somewhere around here. Also, if you don't want to get your, you know, None robes filthy. And now that you're aboard, a spare Hildy. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not a nun. She's a visitor of the monastery. But yeah. I just assume she had some sort of fancy nun robes. Okay. You open the hatch, Grace? Uh, yes, the inner hatch opens. Okay. She looks like she considers something for a moment. Mm-hmm. And she pockets her data pad and steps out and uh, appears willing to follow you where you're going. She looked for a second like she was uh, working on the nerve to uh, make a run for it, <laughs> but she failed her morale check. So, oh, I just kind of cock an eyebrow and then shrug, and then um, we go the long way to the machine shop that leads through the kitchen, and and I do my best to be like accommodating as a host. Give her the twenty-five cent tour. <laughs> <laughs> so while you guys are doing that, Hildy is actually going to hang out in the comm station slash lounge area. And I've got some stuff I want to work on while they're working on stuff. But if you need extra hands for stuff, mm. give Hildy a shout. She's just going to assume that any programming that she would render in this, that Theophania is going to give you a more directed version of the programming for AI and gotcha. let you, you guys get to sense. it. You hear crashing and cussing from the cargo bay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Mr. Mackey. And then hearing it, Hildy will get on. Mr. Mackey? Eh, what's up, Dr. Cade? Uh, do you require assistance? Ah, uh, I do. How, how are you with uh, loading mechs, uh, multi-ton vehicles? Uh... Well, as you recall, I was instrumental in getting the artifact into the ship. Before it was broken by Mr. Anton, I was quite capable of uh, directing the movement of such a large object. What can you bench? Um... I don't understand what sitting on a bench has to do with this. I'll manage. Thank you for the offer. <laughs> um, Mrs. Uh, Diofania? Yes? Um, can I call you Tiffany? It's just going to be easier for me. Uh, I can't stop you. All right, well, that's cool. <laughs> I guess I will just do what I want. No, if, if you don't mind holding tight here in the shop for a minute, I um, am concerned about my new toy. I'm, I'm going to go uh, check on Mackie. Okay. As soon as Anton steps away, Hopper strolls around the corner just coincidentally from out of view <laughs> and stands just inert in the doorway of the room where Theophania is. Mm-hmm. She's having one of those moments, uh, one of those Pulp Fiction moments of picking up a some kind of tool and looking at it and then looking up the wall and seeing a bigger, more dangerous tool <laughs> and swapping it out. She does that four or five times. <laughs> I like that Hopper has taken on the guard duty because otherwise Hildy would feel compelled to go and sit with her clone and that would be extremely awkward. Mm-hmm. And she's oh, kind of, yeah. she's in the stage of situations where like she's made a decision and she's done a thing and now she's hoping that if she just avoids the person for a while, that somehow the next time she sees Theophania, it will just be fine. The whole kidnapping and potential sacrifice to an AI thing will just blow over. I mean, to be fair, Hildy was not the only deciding factor there. 
She was just a tipping point. Yeah. Also, every Thanksgiving, the stories come out about all the crazy shit the clones did to each other over that year. <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, this yeah. is by no means the worst. Five-year-old Hildy is inside of a steamer chest at a sleepaway camp, and Theophania is sitting on top. <laughs> and Hildy's like, one day, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, if you have one image in your head of how the clones interact with each other, just imagine how Rick interacts with all of his clones in Rick and Morty. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's, you know, it's like 50% warmer than that, but we're starting at quite a deficit. I think we get the fighter craft back and situated and properly stowed, and Mackie turns his ball cap back around to the front and kind of does that <laughs> blows out thing. And uh, you know he's a little addled. You've shipped with him long enough. Mm-hmm. He says one of those things that you just find impossible to interpret, and you stopped asking explanations for a long time ago. I'm glad you left Shank and the boys back at the monastery. We might all need to play them next week. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, am I one of the boys now? You didn't know it, but you were born one of the boys. <laughs> you killed me in, a, in another thing we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't say that I'm really approaching this plan with a whole lot of enthusiasm there, uh, there, boss. You and me both, brother. Is there a good reason that we're doing this at all? There is an excellent reason. One of the best reasons. We can help retire an AI from its perpetual torment. Yeah, but this Maggie thing is gestures up AI. at the it's like a shitty VI. Like, it's a worse VI than you, Grace, and that's not me trying to disparage you by any means. It's just objective facts. Like, we all saw Theophania baffle this thing with a couple of questions about the turtle. So, I mean, how much... What better indication of the parlous depths to which this has sunk and is in need of remediation do you need than to be bested by a human? The whole time Grace is talking, like, Mackie holds up one of his hands and does the, like talky 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 thing <laughs> with his fingers and he just has this look on his face like i don't know Sorry. like this is some bullshit like my sense is that mackie's yeah. not happy about the situation we saw him sort of capitulate to it which is to me a really revealing thing and something mm-hmm. that i'm looking forward to having like a talk episode that we mm-hmm. explore that but like that doesn't mean he's happy about it or thinks that grace is like you know if um, someone righteous. asked him why are you doing this He'd just be like, I can't not. And he would mean that in a very, I think, literal sense. Um, you know, I was thinking about this, uh, you know, silver linings and all that, uh, hey, Mackie, but um, you remember all those folks in the cattle car? You know, like, were we not in the situation that we were in? Those people could have done nothing to stop what was happening to them. There's a pretty good chance that if somehow we come up on top of this thing, that situation might not be um, quite as desperate. That's a nice thought, Anton. I hope it turns out you're right. You know, and I wouldn't be remiss if we blew up fuck pits on the way off this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, you know, what the hell? In the event that we live through the events of the next 24 hours, he spits in his hand and holds it out. I uh, spit in my hand and, and, and clasp it firmly. Fuck pets is going down. <laughs> I'm going to prioritize that. From the speakers comes the sound. <laughs> I like how enthusiastically we are all on board for this mission. <laughs> you guys and me, we're just like the three musketeers, right? Yeah. 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 Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure, yeah, which, Gracie. Which you're Athos, which? you're Porthos, and I am Robespierre. <laughs> <laughs> I always kind of want to be D'Artagnan, but uh, that's cool. I like, I like Portos. 
I imagine uh, he has a slightly jauntier mustache than I do. I think uh, Theophania's got to be D'Artagnan, the newest member. Yeah, that makes sense. What? What? There's four crew members. Well, you're, you're there's, four, there's four Three Musketeers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought that Hopper would be <laughs> Hopper's just Hopper's like a, a rapier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopper's a musket. Yeah. Hopper's a okay, you, you can be D'Artagnan and, okay, no, no, um, take... and Theophania's got like the iron mask welded to her face. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh wait, no. yeah, Hopper is the man in the iron there mask. There we go. Oh, okay, shit. no, no, no. I'm fine yeah. with it. I mean, Aramis is cool. Porthos is awesome, obviously. So, you know, be proud. Yeah, I really don't know what Mackie's going to do with his time. I think he'll make the same blanket offer that uh, Hildy did. Hey, if you need any help uh, dissecting a grenade or a bomb or some kind of other uh, technological whirly gig, you let me know. Otherwise, um, I'll I'll be up on the ops deck. I mean, crunch time specifically. I mean, I was going to roll shoot as per like speaking of munitions. And I don't know if mechanically like having Theophania on board counts as like a stand rolls assist dice. And I don't think more than one person can assist on yeah, a only one can check. assist, but she might not have the skill that would be most useful. So yeah, I would think fix would be pretty uh, mm-hmm. yeah. pretty handy for that. Mm. So as far as like the dice are concerned, I've got a plus two to shoot with a plus one dex, which I think you'd want shoot modified by something else if we're going to do it specifically <clears throat> for or if, if, well, if it's so like dismantling step, without yeah, the, detonating the right. explosive. The I first step is applies. dismantling one of the rockets. So okay, that I would say a, a dexterity shoot would be helpful. A dexterity fix. Does <clears throat> this make sense to you? Where instead of having an assisted check, we'll do Anton Rolls's shoot to do the dismantling, and then. Mackie and slash or Theophania will roll their check for the fixing. Well, it's going to be a separate check that then someone else could assist them on that check. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. I meant yeah, two yeah. separate rolls. Like, yeah, there's going to be a couple of rolls. Oh, okay, now. cool. Mm-hmm. Well, um, but the but, first is to take it apart. Yes, let's do it. I'm pick out a couple of good dice. I honestly, what I and you only do is, have two of these, correct? I believe so. Yeah. All right. So this dismantling one is only going to be a DC six. Oh, okay. Well, I still feel like I should. Borrow Kristen's dice, but whatever. I mean, if you want to use the no, planet I, dice, go for okay. it. Maybe we should let an expert roll. <laughs> that makes a lot of I sense. Mean, I can I, I can roll three and drop the lowest if we're using um, fix for dismantling. Well, you do that, and I will assist. There you go. Sounds there we go. like a winner. Well, I've made my six. That's a uh, eight all day for assistance. Actually, no, sorry, it's a nine. Okay, so if it's fixed decks, then we're looking at... Ten. I think we nailed it. That's legit right there. Damn. Uh, yeah, okay. You get it disassembled. All right. You've done the first step. You've successfully taken it apart. Is That's... there a technology-flavored no-check that we can use to kind of, like, interpret what we're seeing? You have to lick a D-cell battery, and that's how you get the technology flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so let's go with a... Um, this next check is going to be a DC-8, and it can be, it can be a no-check or a program check. Give me a shout if you yeah, want Hildy, but Dr. I know Cape. that Mackie also has program. Oh, I have program, but I'm not an expert okay. in program, and but I yeah, only have one in there. Feel free to, to give Hildy a... She's just sitting in the lounge area. You see her fiddling on a pile of data pads. Well, I think we need all the help so, we can get. So all right. Let's, uh, let's get Dr. Cade in the mix. All right. What does she need to do? Doing a program check? Yep. Okay. So... That's going to be program and not hacking. Is it to reproduce? Is it to understand? I want to know if I need to argue for... There's some kind of 
programming involved in these little specs and you're trying to figure out what it is. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so straight, yeah, straight program check. Makes sense. She's going to add two plus her intelligence, which is bonus of one. So a three total to the die roll. Nine on the die plus three for a total of 12. Okay. That was a good roll to understand reproduction. Yeah. Yep. So you're able to determine there is some software on the inside of the shell, or rather some hardware on the inside of the shell containing software, which gives orders to small nanites within the explosive. It activates some kind of charge that you don't fully understand, something that's specific to the materials inside the uh, explosive. So like something that behaves a certain way at a certain voltage. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So is that something that could be reproduced with, you said it's, it seems to be yeah. inherent to the equipment. I know we just salvaged a whole bunch of pre-tech stuff, which tends to be a very high level of technology. Would we be more likely to be able to reproduce this with that salvage? Yeah, I would need a no check or a fix check at DC 10. Okay. Uh, to convert pre-tech material into additional stuff that will activate when the cool. shell activates. I feel like Mackie's up to bat. Okay. How many units of uh, pre-tech material are you guys going to sacrifice? I have six that I can throw into this. I mean, we, I think, collectively have, like, I got five. We have 22, 22. total. There's yeah, 22 total. total. And then I was going to ask a question before we convert it. So one thing that I had in mind was seeing if we could make any, like, smaller handheld versions of this thing just like basically a grenade or is that what we're making so each unit of this material that you're making is enough for one of the explosives you already have okay and that would convert evenly to like a shot from a spike thrower or a grenade or whatever okay i was gonna say is there a way to scale this into what you might call like a ship to ship munition i would say that'll take 10 units okay my suggestion would be it would be great to have a big one but I think if we're likely to have a boarding situation, I think it would be great to have grenade-sized ones. So I think we have one big one and 12 handheld size or, or shoulder-launched size. Okay. I mean, yeah, if our flavor text can be that the small ones are grenade things and then maybe they're more acute, but like we sacrifice the size of reaction for you know being able to go through a hallway and disrupt a portion... Can I study the uh, brick that we pulled off of uh, the original pink hat wearer? We did mold that onto the train car, and I don't know that we ever said we recovered it. Oh, afterwards. yeah, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we did. I mean, plastique would yeah. be like TL2 or 3. Anton so. could rig up something that, that goes off after I, it, a time It's entirely that. plausible that we have some method of plastic explosives within our munitions cool. locker. Yeah, I believe it, it fits into... Uh, yeah, arms locker, whatever. Mackie's going to do the uh, the Star Trek thing where he equates the high tech science thing to some ancient and relatable thing <laughs> that really doesn't make sense if you just even poke it with a pipe cleaner. Mm-hmm. It's an important job. Mackie looks up from the uh, workbench and he's got like a, a jeweler's loop on his face and uh, he says, "No, so you, the way that this basically works now back in the uh, back in the twentieth century." During the Second World War, they used to gather up all of the tinfoil out of the soldiers' cigarette packages and drop it out of planes, and it confused the radar. This is basically the same thing. That was pretty solid. Yeah, how about, pretty you know, how about a, a good Ron Howard? It wasn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> I am thinking to myself, like, 
Is that a real fact? Or is That's that a real a fact. Mi- oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't yep. know they, that. They'd gather up the, the tinfoil and they'd fold it into like basically little paper huh. airplanes and then they'd just shove it out of the back of like ships and it would fuck with the radar. I or they thought it did. I don't actually know if it worked. I'm looking at Jeff. Did it work? Uh, Ron Howard voice. It did not. <laughs> but it made them feel better. It made them feel better. It's a placebo, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus one to yeah. morale, no additional to uh, stealth. <laughs> anyway, so do I start rolling fixed checks? Is that what I'm reading? Uh, yeah, but are we? is somebody rolling a no check to assist? I can. Y'all are more, I think, capable. My- I mean, if the shoot check would also help. I've got a plus three. Actually, yeah. Th- so this is for converting the material. So that's going to be, what did I say, fix or... Fix or no, I believe. Yeah. Honestly, my inclination is to try and leave it up to you guys, because I'm trying to work on some other things. Yeah. Let's um, branch out and say, let's go with survive. That's kind of a um, a material sciences kind of I have thing. it. I don't have any bonuses, but I have it. Okay. I'll do fix. You do survive? Yeah. Survive modified by... I'd like to argue for decks because yeah. we're doing manual things. I think so, yeah. Charisma. Okay. You charm those nanites. <laughs> I actually don't have any charisma bonuses. Yeah. All right. Um, so this is my assistance roll. Survive decks. I'm probably not going to help a lot. That was a six all day. Yeah, that's no help. You're trying to get a 10. Okay. So this was a fix. Decks. That's just a nine. You can have a reroll. I'm taking a reroll. Thank I don't, you. I don't, <laughs> I don't think the re-roll applies to my re-rolling your help, unfortunately. Any luck? Nine again. Oh, my gosh. Nine. Okay. Somebody so, want to throw in an assist from elsewhere on the table? Yeah. If Hildy sees you guys struggling, can she'll... Can Theophana assist at all? Does she have any... She can, but she's not... She's an NPC. She doesn't have a class. So she doesn't have the expert. She's not gotcha. going to be rolling best of three. So mechanically, okay. she's... Mechanically, it's better for one okay, of your cool. experts to okay. voice. So I'm not an expert in no, but I am, you know, pretty decent at it. So I'll go ahead and toss in that knowledge intelligence, because I'm going to say that Hildes is coming from, like, you know, looking at schematics and shit like that. Sounds good. And it's going to be 2d6 plus two. Eight on the dot... Or eight total... Six on the die plus two, and to assist, you have to make the roll. You have to beat the same DC ten. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with my reroll. All right. Okay. Kristen's dice only work for plans that Kristen initiated. I mean, from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa! All right. That Ow! Is, I just jammed my elbow into the side in excitement okay. because I rolled eleven on the die nice. All right. plus two. So I at least give you that. Plus one to get over. Which is what we the which is what we need to get to yeah. ten. I, I feel like this makes sense. I mean, this mm-hmm. freaking pre-tech space station has dominated this planet for six hundred years and we're just trying to like take it out in a weekend. So I mean, this is not supposed to be easy. With an A team montage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's very like Anton goes out to grab corn dogs for everybody. When he comes back, he's walking into like a TL5 manufacturing <laughs> setup that you guys have made out of like cardboard. I assume that the hand grenades that we come up with are like pretext stuff that's been duct taped to other pretext stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's like a just, there's like a pretext spark plug with a bunch of dusty shrapnel just like wrapped in tape around it. All you gotta do is you you jab it with the other spark plug, and then you throw it real fast. Otherwise, it's gonna blow up in your hand and take out your fingers. Yeah, it's Uh-oh. like the gods must be crazy, where they fight over the glass bottle. 
we raided all this from a, a bunch of pre-tech cars from the uh, Cat Girl Cavern. Yeah. So it's all a bunch of detachable car radio faceplates. <laughs> right. <laughs> that role, was that to figure out how to make the grenades or how to You have make- converted the pre-tech material mm-hmm. into this specific powder that responds to the charge in each of your two shells. I'll need a program check if you want to make a bunch of individual explosives. Right now you have essentially two triggers. You need to decide how many triggers total you want to have. Okay. That's going to determine how many total devices you can make. I really definitely think we should do some handheld shit. Okay. I think, I mean, I really like the idea of having a big one that we can hit it with and then little ones that when we're there, we can chuck it situations. Okay. Is it one roll per thing? Is it one roll and however well we do over a certain amount is how successful we are? What what are we looking at? This is software, so you're going to have two chances because you have two triggers here. Okay. But it's going to be pass-fail, and so if you pass, then you can just make however many triggers you need. Okay. Okay. I can assist with program. Okay. This is like bypassing its... uh, Firewall Yeah, it's DRM. If I'm bypassing something, does it qualify as hacking? I'll give you your boost. All right. Okay, so I get to roll 3d6 for that, drop the lowest, and I'm going to add a total of three. Yeah, it was really bad. It was really bad. So I got two twos and a one. So a total of seven. I did not assist. So that was one fuse. Yep. That's one gone. You now have one trigger. Okay. Quick, let's go do another scene and then come back and try this again. (laughs) (laughs) I feel good about using my reroll last time because we couldn't have got to this point if we hadn't had that. But it is nerve wracking. To repeat, this is coming down to one roll for the second time in the chain of events that if failed, (laughs) we'll need to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, I don't know, man. I usually am good at clutch, but I have a feeling we're not going to make it. Okay, maybe. Maybe. Okay, I've got an eight on the die plus three. You're good. Yay! You You crack the DRM and you replicate the code as much as necessary. Excellent. You're like a sports figure that always performs at the last minute under pressure, which if I weren't a huge nerd and knew anything about sports, I would make that reference. Ah, yes, truly. Uh, I am the opposite of the Earth figure Shaquille O'Neal, who was incapable of making free throws under pressure. I like to think of you as this cruise dick trickle. (laughs) I already thought of her like that, but I do not catch the reference. (laughs) Oh, God. No! Oh, God. Nobody's going to mention Nolan Ryan? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He was just solid across the board. He wasn't clutch. (laughs) Baseball is a boring sport. (gasps) It is. (laughs) I I will say, I actually think baseball is boring to watch, but fun to play. I enjoy playing baseball and all of the games that have basically the same rules as baseball. Get out of my nerd trailer. Kickball. (laughs) Wiffle ball. Yeah. Kristen is a jock. (laughs) (laughs) We need to gather together and bully her. So as everybody gets kind of stuck into their, uh, you know, munitions tinkerings, it gets kind of quiet. And uh, just so, you know, there's some ambient noise and something to listen to while they work. Mackie patches a news feed into the uh, ship intercom and he uh, adjusts the volume to a comfortable level. And I'm your host, Jared Hungadunka, and this is the Rheingold Report. March 2nd, 4451. Item! Looming economic catastrophe. Tech giant EdgeTech reports losses this quarter, citing market anxieties in the face of recent terrorist attacks on Aegea and Apogee Station. 
Indeed, the downturn has already begun to impact industries across the cluster. Even the robust and virile entertainment megalith, Eco Corporation, acknowledges sluggish sales. A spokesman says the company is confident that Elvis's appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show will mark a turning point for the broadcast giant. The performance is expected to arrive in the Rheingold Cluster in May of this year. Full disclosure, this program is a product of the Eco Corporation. In spite of this news, His Holiness Gregory XII announced in his Sunday proclamation that the Republic of Argo intends to ramp up trade along the earthward stretch of the cluster, and has christened several new transport ships for that purpose. Item! The Rheingold marches inexorably towards its destruction. War! On Glazer 4, rival aerospace megacorps, Lokshi Day and Apogee Aerospace, are squaring off in the wake of the Apogee station tragedy earlier this week. Both of the privately owned nations have called their fleets to alert and positioned ground forces in a stalemate that is expected to escalate. Despite a history of antagonism, neither side is eager to trigger a response from the ever-watchful dove of peace. When the first shot does come, mark this newsman's words, so will the second. Item! Barbarians at the gates! Hide your wife! Hide your children! In response to the Ashigaru menace looming on the Korward border, the Republic of Kanda has begun expanding its merchant navy. President Jagdish Maltrotra vowed yesterday to exterminate any locusts foolish enough to enter Kandalese space. Refugees from Ganjiang 4 report that the Ashigaru mothership, Toshimasa, has cleared the system of all space-worthy opposition. It's unclear how many of Ganjiang's 9 billion inhabitants have rallied to calls from planet-side resistance forces, but the largest rumors suggest that the space-born population has been slain or enslaved to a man. Item! Amalthea brand nutrient sticks are delicious and affordable, guaranteed to fit your busy lifestyle and rid you of those nutrient-paste blues. Item! From underdogs to underwater dogs? A second Aegean raid team goes pirate! It looks like perpetual runners-up, the Blasphemers, are following in the footsteps of their rivals, the Napalm Sharks. That's right, two raid teams have turned to lives of violence and knavery in as many months, matching a league record that dates back to the notorious 24 season. We here at the Rheingold Report wish them better luck as Corsairs than they ever had as athletes. Item! Fans of eco-entertainment should be delighted with this week's fair. Antics persist for the Honeymooners. In this episode, Mama Loves Mambo. Gunsmoke sees Jerry Shand face a murder trial in Reunion 78. And on The Roy Rogers Show, Roy and the gang are called into action when an elderly prospector turns to bank robbing in Smoking Guns. I'm Jared Hungerdunker, and this has been The Rheingold Report, March 2nd, 4451. Good night, and may the vectors of probability governing your existence be favorable to you. So... As the sort of larger team meatbag is working on this, Hildy's side project is I want to rig up a couple kind of contingency plans. Don't know if they'll come in handy, but you never know. Mm -hmm. And so my idea is this. There's two things that I want to do if I have the time. We just got a bunch of extra data pads. And so I want to rig up up to four with what I'm going to call the labyrinth protocol, which basically takes the idea of the paradox that Hildy saw Theophania use to test the dove Mm -hmm. and makes a loop of it that she could connect to the dove to use as a distraction. So a lot like the SPVEs 
which hopefully I got those letters in the right order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But instead of being one that is, you know, going to last the life of an AI, it's a one use kind of thing. And then the second thing I would like to do is to take a fifth data pad and copy the copy of Hopper's personality to it with the possibility of, of uploading that to the dove to see if we can get some competing uh, VI action. And Hopper is going to... Can you give me the names of four star systems, or three three star systems that we haven't visited yet? Sure. You want them in the Rheingold Cluster or in A-Ring? Yeah, like where Anton and Mackie and, and Hopper would have bummed around. Let's go with uh, Tizona. Okay. Lingurium. Zoltakir, or excuse me, Zolta, and Betalus. Man, I was really hoping one of those would be Zardoz. <clears throat> and Zardoz. And Zardoz. <laughs> if I can paint a word picture, I'm seeing the cargo bay of the Grace. There's a row of fold-out card tables laid out, <laughs> and everybody has their chairs all on the same side. And uh, there's like Tupperware containing circuit boards and data pads and weird nanite powder just going from one person to the next, being like shoved down and put on a stack at the end. Right. We did make that nanite powder by going to the mess and getting Anton's prize mortar and pestle and like grinding the pre-tech equipment into. (laughs) Mm -hmm. With a tear in your eye because you know the dollar amount that represents is quite high. So Anton. How come every time you make grits, it shocks my feelings? (laughs) Remember that time that we may or may not have survived the Dove of Peace, and we may or may not be a subroutine running the consciousness of our now derelict spacecraft. (laughs) I look forward to remembering that at some point, potentially. Hopper walks up to the meatbags, and he points at Theophania. He says, don't go anywhere. Anton, if you have a moment. Uh, Yeah, what's, what's going on? Anton, do you remember the time that we were on Tizana and we were drinking at that dive bar and you were about to leave with that sexy bartender, but you told me that paradox about the Fletcher? Um, yeah, I, I think I remember that one. I, I thought that one was uh, particularly fun. Would you mind recording that suitable for broadcast later? It was a really good one. Yeah, yeah, of course. No problem, Humper. And Anton, do you remember the time that we were on Zolta and we were drinking in that dive bar <laughs> and you left with that hunky bartender? I, um, yeah, I, I think that's one of the ones I do remember, yes. You told me the paradox of the tortoise. It was a really good one. Do you think that you could record that suitable for broadcast later? Hopper, um, I get the feeling that, um, you might want a few of these. Do you want to maybe just, um... Do you remember the time that we were on <laughs> Linguriam and you left the dive bar that we were in with that pair of sexy twin lifeguards? <laughs> I don't, but I wish I did. <laughs> Judging by the amount you were slurring your words and the number of psychedelic fish drinks that you had ingested, you may not have been in your right mind, but you told me a paradox about a barber. Do you remember it? I think I could I could rustle that one up as well, Hopper. Yes. That was a favorite of mine. Could you record it for suitable for broadcast later? Absolutely. And do you remember the time that we were on the Betalist system? Possibly. You were hitting on a whole bunch of people all night long, but you just kept striking out, and then later on we went back to the ship together and we played cards. I remember that one fondly, yes I do, Hopper. Me too. That was cool. 
Thank you for that help, right? I, I appreciate it. When there's a lull, you know, we're, we're kind of wrapping up for the night and everyone's starting to um, head back to, to bunk down and, and prepare for the coming day. I have a, I have a question that's going to temper what happens in my little uh, scene. I just want a, a clarified, clear answer that you can't take back. <laughs> that um, our ship's munitions hold, our, our ship's board armory, I believe your exact words in like the first episode where we have everything that is TL4 and under present. Uh, yeah, that is correct. You have to do your ship's upkeep, and there are items that are like, there's one for each crew member, so if like mm-hmm. you lose something on a mission, it's gone. But Yeah, actually that tracks because this is um, a bespoke piece of Anton's equipment. So now that that is established... Once there's sort of a moment of peace, Anton is going to uh, to head into the ship's armory and uh, tucked away kind of in a back corner of the room. There's this dusty, drab, military, olive green crate that says um, Tamashiro Heavy Industries Daikatana. And Anton pulls out a pry bar and he works at the corners of this large crate that's been sitting neglected for a number of years and blows dust off with a sort of resigned kind of uh, determination. And uh, as he finally gets the crate open with the uh, reverence of a, of a man who is putting on and cleaning and preparing his ceremonial armor for a battle, he begins servicing and, and lubricating and checking all the ball bearings and connections of a set of powered assault armor and a nice. matching plasma thrower that connects as well as a rocket launcher. Nice. What up? what up, Bobby Draper? So cool. <laughs> then he unscrews his head and screws it into the uh, power armor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very much, very much so. Shyamalan twist. <laughs> Do you like look around to see if anybody's watching him? Well, it's like RoboCop-esque where it's just like the bottom half of his face shows. And I do have the engage uh, shoot in dick protocol. <laughs> <laughs> you unscrew the bottom of your face. and put it <laughs> Nice. It's like the ghost story. You have a little white ribbon that you untie it and your head falls off. So as our cram session for the final exam is breaking up, mm-hmm. Hildy will go over to Theophania Um I appreciate your assistance in this endeavor. I wanted to offer you um, while you are here. If you would wish to share my quarters, I would be happy to extend an invitation. I must say, the uh, what the ship calls the sumptuous quarters are, in fact, its brig. Um, so if you would like to bunk with me, I believe I could make arrangements uh, to have uh, a suitable pallet made up. Give me a talk check. All right. Okay. I am proficient in talk, but I have no bonuses. And then is this charisma? Yep. Cool, cool, cool. And it's a DC of eight. Okay. Plus one overall. We'll see. I did not make it. Total of six. Uh, Yes. Hildy, how do they say? Get bent. (laughs) (laughs) Get bent. That's how they say it. Thank you. Uh, uh, yes, that is understandable. But you really should consider uh, finding somewhere to sleep other than the sumptuous quarters, is all I'm saying. Also, be very, very careful of a thing called the sadness room. I don't know what's in there. Um, it's very possible <laughs> the cat lives there now. But my understanding There's is... Plenty to eat. 
<laughs> oh, God. oh man! Oh no! Lots of interesting twitching things to play with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bits and bobs. Oh, uh, yes. Sw- there's a Tupperware box um, that's missing a lid that just says assorted proteins. <laughs> Actually, the sadness room is just full of cat toys. That's the, that's the shocking reveal. <laughs> All right, everybody gets what rest they can. I imagine it's a sleepless night for most. Oh, did I need to make a check to make my labyrinth protocol um, dealies? You made them. Mm-hmm. I think the check will come when you use them. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because then we'll roll the defense against your program check. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Good deal. Like I imagine Hopper left a couple of spare data pads with Anton to record mm-hmm. to broadcast. Sounds good. Oh, 0900's coming real soon. Any uh, last minute preparations? I think Mackie's ready. He's probably up on the ops deck, you know, doing the pre-flight checks. Is anybody going to say anything to um, Swank and the boys? Are they coming along? Are they? Mackie would have sent them a message that said, you're going to have a little shore leave. Stay in touch. We'll be back in a couple of days. If not, what's the digital equivalent of like a puzzle box? I mean, I figure an escape room. We give them a cipher. We give them a cipher. We it's, give them a cipher yeah. that Hildy has helped you create. <laughs> okay, basically, it's hidden behind a timer. Yeah, yeah. And after, like, two days, the timer counts down, and then they have access to the cipher. And it's not that difficult, but if they can crack it, then, you know, they will inherit whatever belonged into the... Uh, they will become principal officers of the Admiral Gray Zero Liability Corporation. Exactly. Nice. Do we give them any sort of, like, a bonus for their time off? We give them like an extra, you know, here, enjoy a couple days on us. Here's- yeah, I, Mackie sends them $10 and goes, go oh. see a Star War. <laughs> <laughs> go see yourself a Star War. Have a good time, You're gonna kids. Re- Every or- single one of them re- replies with the same exact response. And it's just, <laughs> oh, good. Sure, leave at a monastery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Anton made it work. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Mackie did say stay in touch. They don't have to stay at the monastery, mm-hmm. but, you know. I imagine at some point or another, you know, Mackie's sitting kind of in ops and uh, not getting a ton of sleep, kind of everybody's a little antsy, and uh, Anton will just show up with a bottle of something brown and just keep pouring until uh, either one of them decides it's time to quit, and they're probably not going to say a whole lot. They don't say a whole lot initially, but, you know, by the time all is said and done, Mackie is like slurring his way through plastic jesus and, <laughs> oh, nice. anton singing the marseillaise oh. <laughs> as a mechanical note uh-huh. i think now is a great time to acknowledge that a bunch of us have hit goals recently and that it's oh. probably a good time to make a new round of goals that uh that's that true. Is true oh okay so my goal was to offload the artifact to the institute and we have most certainly achieved that so i went ahead and just added my experience point and i don't know what my new goal is going to be yet i thought i'd intro the idea and think mm. about it while you guys talked low-hanging fruit but it does seem like survive the conflict with the dove of peace sounds like a pretty that kind of okay goal, goal i was thinking of um <laughs> my yeah. goal is going to be to protect the dove of peace at all costs from- <laughs> <laughs> um, you bastard. yeah mackie uh, I- his goal is going to be to 
try to protect Theophania. Like, uh, he feels a lot of guilt about how all that went down. I, so. I, I'm going to be honest. I was actually just thinking that that was going to be Hildy's goal as well, because she also doesn't feel bad. It, we don't have to have separate goals. That's not a... Sure. You know what um, I mean? Start, Eddie. You... But we'll see. I'll think about it. ...were the, uh, the arbiter of my recent acquisition... So I want to I want to be sure before I uh, I think at a certain point my long term goal was to acquire a starfighter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that has happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. only you just kind of gave it to me, but I um I didn't give it to you. I put it on a train with a bunch of bad guys around it. Yeah, well, okay, that's fair. Legit, you earned that. Hey, all right. Well, that's so long terms are two. Technically, Squirtle Bell gave it to you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Holy hot damn, boys and girls. We got to level up. Whoa! Nice. So you're level dog. four now? I am, level, I am now level four. Wow. Nice. What happens at level four? Um, well, I'll have to read the book to find out. My base attack bonus and hit points go up for one. Okay, uh, well, in keeping with my new goal, I'm going to retcon and say that has been my goal since we shanghaied the other Dr. Cade. And uh, before Maggie gets hammered and starts singing Plastic Jesus up on the ops deck... He will approach her and uh, say, hey, uh, I understand you're having some difficulty figuring out where to bunk. That's not an offer before you even think that. But I think I might have a solution. It hasn't got the most ambiance, but uh, follow me. She follows. He goes down to the smuggler's hold, mm-hmm. and he uh, says, all right, this is how you do it. And he beats on the hull a few times in the way that he thinks opens it, but mm-hmm. really it's <laughs> automated. Grace, yeah, Grace sees him approaching the smuggler's hold with intent and just opens the... <laughs> yeah. Uh, he goes into the smuggler's hold with all of its accumulated detritus and the big walk-in uh, Faraday cage, and he's like, The cake is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once she's inside with him, he uh, he's like, Listen, nah. Uh, if you sleep in here, you will be, uh, at the very least, have privacy and be unobserved by uh, our captain. Listen, I can get some uh, some towels and some blankets and stuff down here for you if this will fit the bill. Uh, thank you, Mackie. This will suffice. All right. I'll be, uh, I'll be back here shortly. And he fetches her up some bedding and stuff and, you know. Did you uh, leave her with her data pad? It got tossed under something in... Yeah, but she had it when she came out. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. (laughs) Yeah, I I believe that she has her data pad. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm game to see where that goes. Mm -hmm. So for my goal, I'm really tempted to be like, make Thea like me again. But like, let's be real. The clones don't really like each other. They don't not like each other. They're not... Like the when they, idea of liking and disliking as a concept and as any kind of like outcome to be sought after is probably kind of new for Hildy. It is. It is very much new for Hildy. Like Hildy would almost be more interested in like she's sensing that Mackie's upset with her, which is really weird to her because Mackie was part of convincing her that this was like no, Mackie no, no, was no, no, the no. yes Mackie was. wanted to give you to the dove of peace or Mackie rather offered pull that, the switcheroo. Mackie offered that possibility but Mackie also was the one who provided the words that really convinced Heldy that Uh this was an acceptable path and so she's a little bit confused about Mackie's sort of like cold shoulder thing what were those words I don't remember that Hildy wanted an assurance that Theophania would be safe if we did this Mm -hmm. and before Mackie even suggested like well you could take her place he was Mm -hmm. like look she's gonna be as safe as any of us are and that's really the best I can do 
And that was a huge deciding factor before the whole concept of you guys could switch <laughs> came up. So, okay. in the, so in Hildy's mind, Mackie was the one who convinced her to convince the Afania. So she's a little bit confused about it. I think She'd that be, was Mackie's way of saying we're probably all going to die. So she's actually more interested mm. in, I hesitate to make this a goal because it's like a player character thing, but like she would be more worried about getting Mackie to, oh. to be friendly again. This but, is easy. Just tell just tell Grace to make Mackie friendly. I was going to say, yeah, just wait a day and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, or yeah, just girl talk with Grace because yeah. she's already girl talked once with Grace and, mm-hmm. and be like, hey, Mackie's being weird to me. Um, <laughs> anyway, but I am he going to... He keeps giving to... me looks. He gives me this look. <laughs> he gives me this look. It's so he, strange. He just keeps giving me looks. <laughs> he said he wanted to hang out with everybody, but then when I said, oh, I want to hang out, he said, oh, I just remembered I have something to do that time. <laughs> yeah. And it was so weird because we were in space and there was literally nowhere else to go. <laughs> But so, my goal is officially to survive the dove with the Afania. Okay. Needless to say, my goal <laughs> is to destroy the dove of peace. I like it. That's a real big one. I'm looking forward to Anton's goal of shoot the dove of peace with my plasma gun. Uh, that sounds fun. <laughs> I'm excited about doing that. You know what? I'm going to lean into this new Starfighter thing. I've got... Man, I'm I'm bumping my pilot up to two. Nice. Nice. Been running some uh, simulations. Yeah, you know, in the the last like 48 hours since getting <laughs> to the monastery, he's been playing some. Uh, been playing Jet Fighter Two on, on uh, DOS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he was a wing command, wing commander, wing commander. Yeah, yeah. Nice. with the, the the weird cat guy. That was yeah. that's the one. Yeah. Oh yeah. And my goal <laughs> is to at some point in the next little stretch to hear the words we've made a terrible mistake <laughs> <laughs> what's I anton's mean, goal oh um, oh, we not sorry i was thinking giving the people of glacier the means to rise up against their corporate oppressors i like that that's pretty nice. good you can lead a criminally mistreated underclass to the brink of revolution, but you can't make them erect guillotines in the town square. But you can you can give them the opportunity, and that's that's what I'm really shooting All for. Right. That I, was my moral yeah. justification to make me feel okay about this whole hair-brained ordeal. So I like it. here we are. All right. At this point, the Admiral Grace leaves the uh, landing pad and um, breaks from Glazer's cotton-like atmosphere the dove of peace gleams menacingly beyond the horizon and you notice a lot more ship traffic than uh last time you were up here and in particular there are two large fleets of ships hanging in geosynchronous orbit one is kind of a uh, a uniform like navy that bears the Day emblems the other is a much more ragtag collection of assorted vessels, uh, some of which bear the uh, Apogee Aerospace symbol. There's a lot of radio chatter of uh, ships coming and going from the planet's surface, sending out their access codes to the flagships of either fleet. Mm-hmm. It looks like there are random stops as uh, ships are boarded and inspected by one or the other group. Uh, Mackie is going to sort of give a cursory glance over what he can see of the uh, Lokshi Day fleet and see if he can pick out the Albatross. Uh, yeah. So you um, 
run a scan and with the help of an automated system very quickly pick out the albatross uh he tries to send a type beam uh received uh hey is uh, captain uh, captain jow there yes who is this Ah, uh, this is your old buddy mackie well Her we're buddy. on the uh the admiral grace oh okay i'll <laughs> link i'll link you through one moment ah <laughs> uh, captain jow Yes. Uh, hello. I couldn't help but notice that you seem like you guys are giving the stink eye to all those ships over there. Well, uh, the Apogee leadership has called in their um, uh, collections fleets, and we are merely answering with a, a show of like force. Ah, well, that seems like a very proportionate response to the... Hey, These I'm things kidding. aren't anything to get worried about. The uh, presence of the double. <laughs> hang on, just is that Anton? Anton. That's Anton. Yeah, he's. We, we've uh, we've been having a little fun because we might die in a minute. Um, Why do you say that? We're on the middle of administering anti hairbrain scheme because our AI wants to kill the dove a piece or something. We're Listen, don't be concerned. We're probably... You hear a dial tone for the last sentence that you transmitted. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, you're kind of breaking up. Uh, what can I help you with? Oh, I we were just saying hi, and uh, I guess I was going to say, like, I think that we might be flying between you guys <clears throat> and those other guys. And if we do, don't, like, I can't stop them from shooting me because I don't know them, but I know you. Yeah, so I, don't, I wouldn't don't shoot me. I wouldn't worry. These things happen a lot. And okay. uh, like I was saying, the presence of the Dove of Peace, there hasn't been an, a live fire incident in quite a long time. Oh. Oh. Does the, <laughs> Shit. Oh. Does the Dove of Peace intercede with orbital battles as well? It has interceded in uh, a low orbit exchange that I know of. That's fascinating. Hey, Captain Zhao, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for being so kind to us on previous occasions. Your ace is in my book. Thank you. You're welcome. Anton likes you too, but he's incapacitated at the moment. I am patching Anton into the communication now. <laughs> hey, Anton, it's, it's Captain Zhao. Is it um? I already get to play again. You don't gotta worry. He's not carrying a torch. He fucked a nun like last night. So like, it's cool. You don't gotta worry about that. All right. That's hey, good ja for you. Zhao's like, who hasn't fucked a nun last night? You want to hear the best part? I'm in love with her. Her name is actually Maria, just like in the pictures. I know Maria. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> I she finger-banged me in a Toyota, Toyota uh, Prius. You can Prius. say Prius. That's fine. No, um, he's like, well, anyway. Behind the dumpster at a Red Lobster. <laughs> oh, that's a good place for that sort of thing, yeah. I'm told. Um, hey, you're great. And this is not a video call, but he still holds up the call me fingers near his mm -hmm. face before he, like, hangs up on her. <laughs> All right. You know. <laughs> And the camera will linger on the bridge of, uh, <laughs> of the albatross for a moment as uh, Captain Zhao straightens her suit jacket and uh, all of her crew are standing around acting like they didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, that ship's clear. Well, that was an episode of Astronomica. 
I hope you've enjoyed our signature blend of violence, eroticism, and erotic violence. If you'd like more of this in a different medium, perhaps you could find us on the internet. There's all kinds of violence and eroticism there. You should find us at www.astronomicapodcast.com. <laughs> there you'll find links to all of our social medias, as well as a non-expiring invitation to discourse with us upon our Discord. Good day, and have a sexier evening than the one that preceded it. I'm making assumptions about your love life. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>